Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. The opening lines of The Shadow, voiced by Frank Reddick, captivated listeners and established the show as an American icon. This was one of those radio shows that people couldn't get enough of, if they were lucky enough to own a radio. Times were tough when the show first came to radio in the 30s. A figure never seen, only heard, the shadow was an invincible crime fighter, an expert detective, a skilled marksman and hand-to-hand combatant, and a master of disguise. He possessed many gifts which enabled him to overcome any enemy. Along with his team of operatives, the Shadow battled adversaries with chilling names like the Black Master, the Kings of Crime, the Five Chameleons, and, of course, the Red Menace. The radio show The Shadow has since spawned countless comic book, television, and movie adaptations. Our first episode, Death from the Deep, was released October 3, 1937, and features The Shadow investigating a rogue submarine which is sinking shipping and killing survivors. The second episode, titled The Tomb of Terror, was released June 19, 1938, and has the shadow solving the mystery of a death ray emanating from a mummy's tomb. The voices of the shadow and Margot Lane are provided by Orson Welles and Agnes Moorhead. (laughs) Who knows what evil... Lurks in the hearts of men. <laughs> the shadow knows. The shadow, Lamont Cranston, a man of wealth, a student of science, and a master of other people's minds, devotes his life to righting wrongs, protecting the innocent, and punishing the guilty. Using advanced methods that may ultimately become available to all law enforcement agencies, Cranston is known to the underworld as the shadow. Never seen, only heard, as haunting to superstitious minds as a ghost. As inevitable as a guilty conscience. The shadow's true identity is known only to his constant friend and aide, Margot Lane. Today's story, Death from the Deep. Hey! 
Like we think of agency. I wish to cancel my reservation on the Princess Marie. But, madam, did you... I'm know? not sailing, I tell you. Why, it'd be suicide. But, Mr. Williams, you can ship your goods with us. Our boats are safe. No boat is safe. But you'd be insured. Yes, at four times the usual rate. Oh, no. You can cancel my ship. Gentlemen of the Maritime Commission, we are confronted with a vital problem. The past three months, there have been exactly 18 ships mysteriously sunk on the high seas. Ships belonging to the United States, Great Britain, Germany, Italy, Japan, in fact, every major power. This series of unexplainable marine disasters has created a panic throughout the nautical world. Passenger reservations are being canceled. Freight shipments are being withdrawn. Crews are deserting the ships. Gentlemen, something has got to be done. Waiter, two more coffee, Margot. Yes, please, Lamont. Two more coffees, waiter. Okay. Now, what were you saying, Lamont? Just this. Three months ago, Margot, the first ship disappeared. A few days later, a second ship was sunk. This time, the bullet-ridden bodies of the crew were found dead, afloat in their lifeboats. Each succeeding disaster has been increasingly horrible. And now all shipping is at a standstill. These atrocities could not have been brought about by international jealousies because each of the ships sunk has been owned by a company in a different country. Well, who can be responsible? I'm not sure. My deduction is it's the work of a pirate. A pirate? But for Lamont, a pirate in the 20th century? Yes, Margot. And one more callous, more bloodthirsty than any buccaneer who ever sailed the Spanish main. Then why isn't he tracked down? Because not a single person has ever survived these sinkings. Therefore, the pirate has never been seen. He must be seen somehow. if he has a submarine. A submarine? Yes, Margot. But how could an individual be in possession of a submarine without it being known? If a man were rich and clever enough, he could have a submarine built in complete secrecy. There must be some way of finding him out. There is. Before such a craft could be constructed, it has to be designed. There are very few expert designers of submarines in the world. In the brain of one of them, this pirate craft must have been conceived. But Lamont, a pirate submarine, sounds fantastic. Even more fantastic, Margot, is the motive of the pirate. He's preyed on every kind of ship from the superliner to the common tramp. He can't be out to booty because examination of the sunken hulls has revealed that nothing has been touched. Why, Lamont, why? To find an answer to that question is a task for the shadow. But how would you proceed? I've already made a few secret inquiries at the Navy Department in Washington. They told me of one chap who might be worth investigating, a Mr. Mr. Joseph Hart, a brilliant designer of naval crafts who was dishonorably discharged from his position. Where can he be found? I have learned that he is living all alone in a small house on an oak road. A shadow is going to pay a call on Mr. Joseph Hart tonight. Will you pass me that bottle, please, Ben? Hey, well. Joseph, I'm sorry to see you indulging in liquor. It frequently loosens the tongue. Sometimes makes a man say things that he later regrets. What do you mean? Just this. We share a secret, Joseph. A secret which would be most unwise for either of us to divulge. I haven't said anything. I haven't talked. Not yet. I fear it's what you might say. Your nerve is deserting you, Joseph. Must pull yourself together. How can I pull myself together one night after night? I'm tortured by the vision of a procession of helpless ships sinking down, down to the murky depths, all by the faces of floating corpses, tormented by it. I was a fool. I designed and built that submarine. A service for which you were well paid. Yes, with money soaked in blood. I'm responsible for the havoc and the terror that you're insane. Don't say that, you idiot. 
I'm no madman, do you hear? Why did you come here tonight, Benson? Because, Joseph, I've been wondering of late why I permit you to live. You're becoming increasingly dangerous to my interests. No, no. Unless you can prove to me that our secrets are safe and that you will aid me in the future. No, I'll never do that. No. Well, in that case, I feel that you ought to be my guest on the next cruise of the submarine. I'd never come back. Is that what you mean? Quite true. But before, shall I say, before you leave us in mid-ocean, you will have an opportunity to see the splendid efficiency with which your creation, the submarine, operates. No. I'd rather you kill me right now and have it over with. And deprive you of witnessing the thrilling spectacle of my accurate marksmanship? To see them leap from the boats in terror like rats? No, no, Joseph, you can't have seen that. No. I'd do anything rather than be forced to see that. I thought you would. Maintain that attitude, Joseph. Or it may be necessary for me to request that you pack your yachting clothes. A contingency which we should both deeply regret. Good night. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'll tell you what you can do, Joseph Hart. Who's that? <laughs> There's a way to save you from the evil domination of Perry Vinton. Who are you? I am the voice of one who has come to help you. I am the instrument of your righteous vengeance. I am the shadow. The shadow? With my assistance, you can compensate for some of the wrong that you've done. But how? Tell me the secrets that you share with Vincent. Oh, no, no. I can't. You'll I'm afraid. You'll have to fear if you remain silent. The shadow already knows enough to hang you, Joseph Hart. You haven't got anything on me. I heard every word that passed between you and Vincent in this room. Oh. Tell me what I want to know and save yourself. Or perhaps, as Vinton so aptly put it, you'd prefer to pack your yachting clothes. Nothing can save me. What I've done is done. I can never escape my conscience. Then your conscience must tell you that it's your duty to all that you can do to stop Vinton's outrages. Yes, 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 you're right. Now tell me the secret. Very well. Until a year ago, I knew Vinton only by his reputation as a millionaire sportsman. He was famous as a deep-sea fisherman and a big-game hunter. He came to me first seeking a design for a racing boat. I built it for him, and we became friends. And because of that friendship, you consented to build a submarine. Yes, but not for the purpose that he later used it. He told me that he wanted for a new thrill, oh, believe me. Go on. So the submarine was built in Benton's private shipyard, out of Carrie's Point. Knowledge of its construction was carefully guarded from the world. It was not until the day the boat was launched that he told me his true intention. What were those intentions? Finn is lunatic, coldly, murderously mad. He'd always been a killer, but he tired of shooting lions and Gavin Marlin. Now his warped brain had turned to what he regarded as a new sport. Thinking of ships and the ruthless slaying of defenseless men. Now I understand. Why did they keep the submarine? I don't know. Are you telling the truth, Joseph Hart? I'm telling you everything. Why should I lie now? If I knew where that boat was, I'd blow it to pieces. Myself with it. Myself with it. Wait. Myself. That's the idea. That's how I could fool Barry Benson. Why should I wait to die at his hand? No, no. What are you doing? I'll fool Barry Vincent. Yeah, but 
down the gun. No more tortured, sleepless nights. I see no more screaming headlines. Another boat sunk and another and another. Oh, Joseph, I don't. Barry Bidden will never take me on that voyage. I'll fool him, I say, fool him. Shadow will be back on the air with surprises, suspense, and a thrilling, unexpected climax. But meanwhile, here's something mighty important to bear in mind when you drive a car. Just remember that rainy days make the grass grow greener. They may bring out the best in flowers, but they bring out the worst in roads. Yes, beware. A road that's plenty safe when dry may become a dangerous skid trap when wet, sending your car skidding, spinning, swerving off the road. Motorists. Why take this chance when you can now get a sensational new kind of tire that will stop you quicker, safer than you've ever stopped before? The new Goodrich Safety Silvertown with the Lifesaver Tread. Impartial tests conducted by the country's largest independent testing laboratory against the regular and premium price tires of America's six largest manufacturers prove that no tire tested, regardless of price, came up to the new Silvertown in non-skid action. Furthermore... These unbiased tests showed that the new Goodrich Silvertown with light saber tread gave more non-skid mileage than any of the other tires tested in its own price range. Imagine, the new Goodrich Silvertown averaged 19.1% more miles before the tires wore smooth. This is the same as saying you'll get every six mile free. Yes, many tires cost more than the new Goodrich Silvertown, but no tire at any price can give you the unequal skid protection of the Lifesaver Tread, the exclusive blowout protection of the Golden Fly. Keep danger a stranger. Put a set of these life-saving long-mileage tires on your car without delay. Still, Margot... I finished telling you the story, and before I could stop him, he shot himself in the head. Poor man. Perhaps it was better that way. It's a lot. Now, how will you find the submarine? Joseph Hart told me that it was built at Benton Shipyard out at Carey's Point. That's the logical place to start my search. Is that where you're going now? Yes. Do be careful, Lamont. Remember, that man's a lunatic. He'll stop at nothing. The shadow has nothing to fear from Benton. I hope you're right. This is as far as we can safely drive without being seen. This is a desperate spot. Don't like it. There's a light. Yes. The shipyard. He's been surrounded by a high wall. It looks like a prison. Perhaps it is a prison. For those with its gates. Margot, before we go any further, I'll give you your instructions. Yes, sir. I've already been in touch with the United States Coast Guard. Been promised to give me full cooperation. Yes. Once I found the submarine and no business plans. I shall communicate with you by our private wireless. And then? Then you will relay my message directly to the Coast Guard headquarters in Washington. I understand. Good luck to the shadow. The shadow, thanks. All right, let it down easy now. Okay, Phil. Well, that's the last of the torpedoes, Charlie. Hey. 
The sub must be going on a long cruise this time. Taking plenty of supplies and ammunition. Yeah. Hey, what's that? It's the wind blowing the door shut. What's the matter with you? Listen, Charlie, when are we going to get out of this joint? You know, we've been cooped up inside this shipyard for three months. It's giving me the creeps. Oh, now, take it easy. You'd rather be back in prison. Wasn't nothing scary about prison. You knew when your time was up, you got out. Well, maybe we ain't never going to get out of here. Huh? What do you mean? I mean, this big guy's a bug. He ain't even let us read no newspapers since we come here. Stuff about hunting whales with torpedoes, that sounds screwy to you. Listen, if he don't let us out of here soon, I... Are all the torpedoes aboard? Uh, yes, sir. We just sent down the last load. Very well, take care of these empty crates. Can you make Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Vinton? Yeah. Well, we was wondering if we... Yeah, me and Charlie here was just talking about the... Uh, well, uh, how we've been in the shipyard here a long time now, and... And uh, what Phil is trying to say, Mr. Vinton, is... Well, could we have a couple of days off on the outside? I'm afraid that would be impossible. Oh, but, Mr. Fenton, it's been three months. I've got a wife and kids. You're I... being well paid, aren't you? Oh, sure. You're giving us plenty of dough, all right. But we ain't getting no chance to spend it. You will remain here as long as your services are required. What if we don't want to stay here that long? What if we up and leave? Yeah. I wouldn't advise you to attempt that. You remember what happened to your associate, Mr. Hadley, when he tried to, as you say, up and leave? He fell from the wall. You mean... You mean that wasn't no accident? No. He was shot down. Oh. Oh, um... Do you still want to quit? I thought. Good night, gentlemen. Uh, looks like we're in here for a long, long time. Yeah. Maybe you are. But I'm going to figure a way to get out of here, see? <laughs> Perhaps I can be of some assistance. Who said that? I heard it, too. I said, perhaps I can help you if you wish to get out of here. Who's that talking? Where are you? Don't bother to look for me. You can't see. What is this? One of Vincent's gags or something? No, I am not speaking for Vincent. I speak for myself. Who are you? Then call me the Shadow. 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 How'd you get in here? The shadow is everywhere. Well, what do you want? I wish to bargain with you. Well, what kind of a bargain? By this time, you must be aware that you are both at the mercy of a madman. He's right, Charlie. You will never leave this place alive unless Terry Vinton is brought to justice. Well, what can we do about it? I will promise you your freedom if you will just answer my question. Wait a minute. What do you think, Charlie? Well, we're taking a chance. This may be a trick. There is no trick. That's the shadow's word. Well, what do you what do you want to know? Where is Vincent's submarine? Right below our feet, the secret underground berth. When does it sail again? Tonight, at midnight. What is its destination? Well, I, I heard Vinton say something to the mate about Cape Francis. Good. Sailing at midnight, Cape Francis. The shadow wishes him good hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Calling Margot Lane. Calling Margot Lane. Proceed as instructed. Communicate the following information to Coast Guard headquarters. Pirate submarine sails at midnight for waters off Cape Francis. Impress on Coast Guard the importance of following directions. Implicitly, if wished to bait the madman with terrorizing, 
the Atlantic. What is our position, Mr. Brush? We are 100 miles due east of Cape Francis, sir. Are we in the regular shipping lane? Yes, Mr. Bitton. Have we enough visibility for clear observation? Some is just recent, sir. Good. I'll take over the periscope now. Very well, sir. A fine day for hunting, Mr. Branch. Hello, what's that? Have you sighted something, sir? Take a look. See what you make of it. There is smoke. It looks like a steamer. Like Signal the engine room. Full speed ahead. Yes, sir. tingling thrill when the torpedo fights the spark. And then the climax. On deck, shooting them down with a machine gun like scurrying rats. <laughs> Mr. Brown, stand by the torpedo tube. We're coming up fast. Yes, sir. Stand by the torpedo tube. Aye, aye, sir. We'll cut across our balance when to stop it. That should give us a perfect shot. Very good, sir. Be prepared to rise to the surface quickly. We make a direct hit with the torp first torpedo. Very good, sir. Stand by the valve and elevate off. Aye, aye, sir. We're almost within range. Cut the half speed. Half speed ahead. Torpedo tube, number one and two are loaded, sir. Torpedo tubes, number one and two are loaded, sir. Look. Look, Brush. It's a fine big liner. Let me see, sir. I got the Orpheus. The Orpheus. I remember now reading of her sailing. She has a full passenger list. Separately, passengers are aboard. <laughs> full passenger, would say. That sounds most promising. <laughs> number one, two, ready to fire. Number one, two, ready to fire. Now I'll bring her a little more to the top. Number one, fire. Number one, fire. Yes, it's heading straight for a side. No deflection. Should be a perfect. Closer. Closer. Going to hit. Now. Why? Hail to explode. What a dud. Number two, two, ready to fire. Number two, two, ready to fire. Number two. Fire! Number two, fire! Uh, we won't fail this time. <laughs> yes, you will, Mr. Vincent. You've just fired another dud. Who dared say that? I did. Who are you? Come out here where I can see you. You will never see me. I am the shadow. Shadow, eh? I have heard of you. The torpedo hit, but it failed to explode again. Reload the torpedo tube, sir. That would be a waste of time, Vincent. I've been committed all of the torpedoes that does. You'll regret this, Mr. Shadow. This is the one time that you've matched wits with a mind cleverer than your own. Blow out the ballast tank for a quick rise to the surface. Yes, sir. I'll show you. I'll sink that boat with my deck gun. Benton, you're a madman. Madman, am I? <laughs> Very well, I'll show you the full extent of my madness. Dick's a voice, sir. Open the conning tower hatch. Dick crew, stand by to man the gun. Aren't you coming up on deck, Shadow, to witness the kill? I am already on deck, Vincent. Devil plague you. How did you get up here? Show yourself. That is unnecessary, but never fear. I'll stay near you. The guns are jammed, sir. Jammed? Why, that's impossible. I neglected to tell you, Vincent, that I rendered your gun useless. Ah. Uh. 
Oh, so you think that you've outwitted me, Shadow. But you're wrong. Signal the engine room full speed ahead. Aye, aye, sir. Steer directly to that vessel's kite. What are you doing now, Benson? The prow of this submarine is equipped with a ramming device. With it, we can sink any vessel afloat without injury to us. <laughs> you didn't foresee that, did you, Shadow? In a few moments, we will rip open the hull of that liner and send it to the bottom as effectively as with any torpedo. <laughs> uh, so you don't believe. <laughs> oh, yes, I believe you. But that liner is completely deserted. It was set adrift there by the Coast Guard. It's a veritable floating mine with enough explosives aboard to blow you to kingdom come. You're lying. You'll know soon enough. You haven't far to go. Reverse engines. Reverse engines. We'll stop this time. We're getting closer. No. No, no, we're stopping. We're stopping. We're not going to hit. Uh, <laughs> you see, Shadow, I've outwitted you after all. No, Benson. Maneuvered your submarine alongside the ship just as I planned. All right, up there. Here's your men. Put up your hands! Put up your hands, all of you! Who's It's a trap! It's a trap. It's a trap, Barry Vincent. And this ends your reign of piracy and ruthless murder. Very smart, aren't you, Shadow? But not as smart as you think you are. Tell him! He's going inside the submarine! He's holding the hurry! Yes. Yes, they all think they're so clever. But no one can outsmart Barry Vincent. I'll go to the engine room. I'll maneuver the dive. <laughs> They'll never get me. I'm master below here. Now, now check the valve. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'd love to hear what the shadow is saying up there now. He's probably saying it's no use trying to maneuver that dive, Barry Vincent. You, you, how did you get here, shadow? Why, I merely followed you. Show yourself, show yourself, Shadow, and I'll shoot you down in your tracks. Here I am, over here in this corner. Come ahead and shoot, Mr. Benson. Well, Shadow? Well? You just missed me. Why, you... version of one of the many copyrighted stories which appear in the Shadow Magazine.
<laughs> Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? <laughs> the shadow knows. Shadow will be on the air with a thrilling new adventure. But first, let me tell you about a new kind of tire that makes wet weather driving safer than you've ever dreamed possible. It's the new Goodrich Silvertown tire with the lifesaver tread. Next time it rains, just notice the way your windshield wiper sweeps the water right and left to give you clear, safe vision. Well, that's how the amazing lifesaver tread on the new Goodrich Silvertown tire performs on a wet road. It sweeps the water right and left forces it out through the deep drainage groove, makes a dry track for the rubber to grip, gives you the quickest non-skid stops you've ever seen. And you get this life-saving skid protection plus golden fly blowout protection at no extra cost. So play safe. Equip your car with Goodrich Safety Silvertown. <laughs> Shadow, Lamont Cranston, a man of wealth, a student of science, and a master of other people's minds, devotes his life to righting wrongs, protecting the innocent, and punishing the guilty. Cranston is known to the underworld as the Shadow. Never seen, only heard. The Shadow's true identity is known only to his constant friend and aide, Margot Lane. Today's story, The Tomb of Terror. Gentlemen, we are gathered here on the grounds of the City Museum to pay tribute to those who have successfully brought to this country the building that stands before you, the authentic tomb of the Egyptian pharaoh, King Kupratep. It is my pleasure to present to you now the man who is largely responsible for its discovery, transportation, and reassembly, the director of the expedition, Dr. Romney Hale. Thank you. Thank you. Directors of the museum and fellow workers, I am very grateful. It has been through your cooperation that this work has been made possible. Although perhaps we owe a vote of thanks to good King Kupratep himself. <laughs> In spite of the legendary curse that all who gaze upon King Kupratep's mummy shall die, the bulk of our job is finished. Where? Now, uh, before you are admitted for the inspection, will you excuse Mr. Avery, Mr. Johnson, and myself while we make a brief check of the interior of the tomb. Harry, uh, Jack, will you come with me? Surely, Doctor. Uh, certainly, Doctor. Well, gentlemen, how does the place look to you? Right, Doctor, you've done an amazing job. It looks exactly as it did when we first unearthed it in Egypt. Thank you. Would you like to pay your respects to his majesty? Oh, indeed I would, Doctor. Very well. Uh, will you help me with the lid of the mummy case? Oh, there you are. Kupra Tepsiki, Lord of Egypt. My, 
Magnificent taste. Yes. Wonderful preserve. We are defying the ancient curse by looking upon that face. Oh, come, Dr. Hale. Surely you don't believe Look. Look at the mummy's eyes. Why, that's strange. They seem to glow. I see a tour. Sort of unearthly light. What is this, Dr. Entrick? No, gentlemen, I, I give you my word. I, I don't know what it could be. The light's growing brighter. I don't like that. But it's it's uncanny. Close that gate. Let's get out of here, Doctor. I can't understand it. If we hadn't all seen it, I would... No, no. I don't Take us out, Jack. Let's get out. What's wrong? What's the matter with Dr. Hale? I don't know. He suddenly collapsed. See, he was... Jack, Jack, what's the matter with you? Someone get a doctor, quick. These two men are very ill. Harry, what happened in there? Well, Mr. Ratsy, I was... Harry! Catch him, catch him. He's falling. Harry. Here, man, tell me what happened. Mr. Ratsy, it was... The eyes... The eyes. Yes, yes. It's, it's King Cooper's set. Doctor. Doctor, tell me, how are they? All three of these men are dead. All those messages? What do you got, Chief? The River Yarn. Dr. Romney Hale, the archaeologist, and two of his assistants died mysteriously an hour ago in King Cooper's tomb. Play up the curse angle and spread it for all it's worth. Right, two, three minutes, five. Some of those donuts, too, please. Oh, donuts? But, Mark, you suppose we can dunk? Certainly, Margot. Lunchwagon etiquette not only allows dunking, it encourages it. <laughs> As you done it, Chief. That'll be 20 cents. Here you are. Just keep the change. All right, thanks. Hey, but is there anything new on them guys that kicked off over at that uh, coffee, uh, Kipper, uh, you know, that Egyptian king? No, nothing new. Hey, how about my ham on rye? Right with you, right with you. Oh, what do you make of that tomb affair, Lamont? That's too amazing, and the newspapers are playing up the superstition, fellas. You don't think that all three deaths were due to coincidence? How does that, but I certainly don't hold to the Kufatep curse theory. But something strange must have happened in that tomb. Oh, questionable. According to the newspaper report, one of the three men before he died was heard to mutter something about I. Terrible eyes. And his last words were King Cooper kept church. They were undoubtedly terrified by something they saw in there. They don't die of fear. Oh, I know. According to the doctors, they all died natural death. Yes, that's quite true. One of pneumonia, one of typhoid, and one of heart disease. That's the way the doctors had to write their death certificates. Perhaps when the truth is known, they'll have to be changed. Changed? What? Well, what do you mean, Lamont? You finished eating? Oh, yes. Shall we take a walk? Oh, all right. Let's go. Good night, boys. Good night. Good night. Lamont, what do you mean that death certificates will have to be changed? Three men do not die within seconds of one another of different diseases without a single underlying cause. Oh, that's true. Margot, the mysterious death of those three men has challenged the imagination of the shadow. I must find out the medical details of the death of those men. Then you think there's more in it than the papers are printing? I know there is. I can get those details for you. Good. As soon as you have the necessary information, communicate with me. The shadow will await your call. Hello. Lamont, this is Margot. Oh, yes, Margot. To find out. I just talked to Dr. Burley, who he's in charge of the case. Yes? He said that the three men actually died as the paper said, but there was one detail that was not printed. What is that? Well, the doctors themselves don't seem to understand it, but an examination of the victim's blood has shown in each case a complete absence of leukocytes. Leukocytes. Yeah. Those are white corpuscles. Yes. Do you know what that means? 
Without white corpuscles in the blood, the human system would have nothing with which to combat disease. No wonder they died. Margot, this is the first key to the mystery. That the shadow can find the answer to the next question within the museum walls. I tell you, we must go through with the public opening of the tomb, as originally planned. But will the public be there? We'll have to take that chance. Gentlemen, I wish we'd never started this project. Now, see here, Kent, you've been acting like an old woman about this whole thing. But, Mr. Rafferty, I... We've poured thousands of dollars, the museum's money, into the tomb. And it's up to us to dispel this nonsense about the Cooper Tep curse. I am not so sure that it is nonsense. Rubbish! Oh, you can't dismiss the fact that three men died. They all died natural death. I wouldn't be too sure about that, Mr. Rafferty. Who's speaking? Who is that? I am called the Shadow. The Shadow? I've heard of you. What do you want of us? I've been investigating the deaths of your three colleagues. I've come to warn you that no one must be permitted within the walls of the tomb. Mm. Why do you say that? Because anyone who enters may not come out alive. Are you implying that there is truth in the Kufratep curse? I am telling you, Mr. Rafferty, I have reason to believe that the name of the curse of Kufratep is cold, premeditated murder. Uh, nonsense. Nonsense. Not nonsense, Mr. Stevenson. With all respect to your unsolicited information, we are not going to be intimidated by an unknown voice. Speak for yourself, Mr. Stevenson. I am inclined to respect the shadow's warning. Quiet, Kent. On what ground, Shadow, do you base your statement? You will have to accept what I've said on faith. I've had enough of this. Wait, Mr. Stevenson. We may learn more. No, no, I'm going to rid us of this hocus-pocus once and for all. Yes. What do you propose to do, Stevenson? I'm going into that tomb tonight, right now. Don't do that, Mr. Stevenson. I know what I'm doing, Shadow. Well, who'll accompany me? Don't tell me that you're all afraid. Well, no, no, not at all. But perhaps none of us should be too hasty. Very wisely spoken, Mr. Rafferty. Very well. Then I shall go alone. You are very foolhardy, Stevenson. We shall see. Who has the key to the tomb? I I have, Mr. Stevenson. But now, give it to me. Mr. Rafferty, can't you persuade him to change his mind? Uh, don't you think, Stevenson, Can't we might... give me the key. Very well. Here you are. Thank you. Now, wait, wait. We'll accompany you to the door of the tomb. All right. You may be going to your death, Stevenson. I'll chance, perhaps. Come along, then. Well... Here we are. Have any of you changed your mind? Mr. Rafferty? No, thank you. Hawkins? I prefer to wait outside. I know. There's no use asking you, Kent. Go to him there, Mr. Stevenson. Something horrible waiting for you in there. Give me that flashlight. I'll find that out for myself. He's in the tomb. Nothing horrible has happened in here yet. Don't touch the mummy case. Why not? Might as well make the investigation complete. Don't. Don't, Stevenson. You mustn't. I can't tell if you stop him. Now, what can we do? I'm opening the mummy case. We've got to get him out of there. I'll go myself. Here, here. Come back here, Ken. Stevenson. Stevenson. I'm looking at the mummy's face. Hey, that's strange. There's something peculiar here. Come away from that mummy, Stevenson. Ken. Stevenson. I insist that you both come out of there at once. But there's something here that I don't understand. There needs to be gas. Let's see. Let's see. It's happened. He's talking. Can't bring him out here. I'm trying to. Yes. All right, Stevenson. Yeah, now just lean on me. Man, what happened? I looked. I looked. I looked. It's Gufra. It's dead. It's dead. It's not possible. The shadow is right. Yes, gentlemen. Stevenson ignored my warning. But perished. This should convince all of you. There is a ruthless killer masked behind the Kufratep curse.
and gentlemen, one warning from the shadows strikes fear into the hearts of his adversaries. Yes, and just one skid is enough to put the fear of wet, slippery roads into any motorist's heart. The shadow knows. The thousands of motorists who are killed or injured every year with slithering skids throw cars out of control would never risk the danger, grief, and expense of riding on unsafe tires if they had another chance. Motorists, I've already told you that the new Goodrich Silvertown tire will stop you quicker, safer on wet pavements than you've ever stopped before. But you don't have to take my word for it. Here are the facts. Exhaustive road tests of both regular and premium-priced tires of America's six largest tire manufacturers were made by the nation's largest independent testing laboratory, the Pittsburgh Testing Laboratory. And here's what they found. The new Goodrich Silvertown with Lifesaver Treads gave greater skid resistance than any other tire tested. Yes, and that included those tires listed at from 40% to 70% higher in price. The Goodrich Safety Silvertown gave more non-skid mileage than any other tire tested in its own price range. Average, 19.1% more miles before the tires wore smooth. That's performance in any car owner's language. The kind of performance that spells safer, more economical driving for you. Remember, there's double protection in these life-saving Goodrich Silvertowns at no extra cost. Margot, what did you learn about Stevenson's death? Well, Lamont, the, the doctors officially called it influenza. What about the blood test? It was the same as the others. The white corpuscles had been destroyed. That's what I thought. That proves that Stevenson was murdered, too, and by the same instrument. But, Lamont, what can that instrument be? Maybe a serum, poison gas. I don't know. More important than the killing device is to find the killer's motive. You found out something, Lamont? Exactly, but I saw a man at the museum about whom I should like to know more. Who is he? Aldous Kent, an assistant curator. I'm sure that he has more knowledge of this affair than he allows himself to show. Why do you suspect him? For several reasons. His apparent concern for Stevenson's safety was a bit overdone. For a scientist, he was surprisingly naive about the Kufatep curse. And most important, in spite of his outward fear, he followed Stevenson into the tomb. I'd like to know more about that man, Margot. And that's where you can help me. Yes, sir, man, but how? By visiting Kent as a newspaper woman. Interview him about his career. Find out whether he's interested in any branch of science other than archaeology. Well, Margot? I saw all this Ken. Yes? He, ha he hasn't always been an archaeologist. He worked at many things. For instance? Well, before he went to work for the museum, he was employed as an assistant by Dr. Faber. You know, the well-known biologist. Very interesting, Margot. I think that's all I'll have to know. But Lamont, does that have any bearing on the murder? It may have everything to do with them. I was able to answer that question after the shadow pays a call on Dr. Faber. I can't see you. I regret that I must remain in the shadows. But uh, what do you want? I am seeking information. Well? I would like to have you tell me what you know of Aldous Kent. Kent? Aldous Kent? Why, well, he worked for me. He was my assistant for several years. Yes, I know that, Dr. Faber. 
What kind of a man was he? Very efficient laboratory man. Why did he leave your employ? Well, frankly, because he was dissatisfied. Kent was a very moody man. He felt that his work should be more fully recognized. What sort of work did he do? He was active in all the routine laboratory experiments. Can you recall what some of those experiments were? Let me see. Well, he made some really brilliant contributions to our work with the working way. That's the X-ray, of course. Yes, I know. Exactly what were those experiments? We were varying the way to determine its effect on animal life. What was that effect? Well, at one stage of the game, it was destructive. We developed a ray that was capable of destroying the white corpuscles in the blood of the laboratory animals. Enormously interesting, Doctor. Tell me, does such a ray have the same effect on human beings? Oh, yes, yes, it probably does. Thank you, Dr. Faber. You have given me the solution to the mystery of the Kufa-Tip curse. Margot, that the machine of death is concealed somewhere within Kufatep's tomb. But why must you go there tonight? Because I can investigate without danger of interference. There's no time to be lost. Can't you confront Kent with the information you already have? Oh, Kent's a clever man. He might give him time to destroy the evidence. You can pin nothing on him. I see. I can uncover the deadly ray and positively identify Kent with it. We can be tricked into capture. Here's the museum. I'll turn in this driveway. Precaution, I'll switch off the headlights. Lamont, I I hate to have you going into that tomb alone. It's an eerie-looking place. No, nothing will happen to me. Yes, that's what the others thought. The others weren't aware of the real dangers. I am having a flashlight, Margot. Here you are. Wait, what's that over there among the trees? Yeah, there's someone carrying a lantern. Approaching the tomb. Lamont, who can it be? Wait, I can't recognize him. Yes, the old watchman. Oh, oh. Can you wait now until he goes? I'm not sure that he's going. He seems to be entering the tomb. Lamont, isn't it strange after all that's happened that he should dare to enter there alone? Very strange, and I'm trying to find out why. We need this flashlight, Margot. What are you going to do? It's the shadow who will enter that tomb for a little conversation with the old watchman. Shall I wait for no, you? No, I'll take the car and return home. Stand by for shortwave wireless. I may need your help in communicating a message of vital importance. <laughs> Good evening, Your Imperial Majesty. I've come again to see that you are resting well. Your work is nearly done. Only one more. One more to gaze into your eyes. And then... <laughs> then the vengeance is complete. You have served me well. Hey, who speaks? Who indeed would speak within the resting place of the king? Are you... Are you... Yes. It is I, Kufratem, Pharaoh of Egypt. Oh, your majesty... Rise up. You need not kneel in my presence. Yes. Yes, Your Highness. Do not tremble. You have nothing to fear. You are not angry. Angry. Why should I be angry toward one who serves my interests? I have come to reward you. To reward me? Yes. But first, I must have an accounting. Well, what do you mean? You 
woman, tell me how you brought death to the defilers of my tomb by the curse which bears my name. Oh, the, the credit is not mine, Your Majesty. Who is then? Aldous Kent. Aldous Kent? Why should he concern himself with me? It is not your vengeance alone that he seeks, but his own as well, and mine. <laughs> Kent is a great man, but no one would recognize him. They keep him slaving in the museum day after day, doing all the real work. Some others get the glory, just as they did to me. And now he's evening his score. Hale, Avery, Johnson, Stevenson, all those have paid for their stolen fame. <laughs> One more must die. Hawkins. And then Kent will achieve the position that is rightfully his. Do you know how Kent destroyed those men? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I helped him, Your Majesty. Yeah, it was clever. So clever. They all scoffed at the legend of your curse, but but it was really you who killed them. I killed them? Yeah, no one would dream that within your mummy there lies conceded the generator of the ray. What ray? The ray that shines from your eyes and destroys all who look upon you. Show me how this is done. <laughs> it's, it's so easy, Your Majesty. Yes. In here in the wall is a switch. You see? It is thrown like this. Then whoever approaches the mummy case, as I'm doing, and lifts the lid door and gazes into your eyes, the gleam of death shines upon them. Yeah. Oh, what have I done? I... Uh, I, I didn't mean to look. I, I couldn't save me. I cannot save you. Your own evil knowledge has destroyed you. But by your death, you have pointed the way to Aldous Kent's undoing. Rafferty, I... Go ahead, Hawkins. Mr. Rafferty, I... 
I can't. Uh, I changed my mind. What? But, Mr. Hawkins, do you realize what this means? Yes, Hawkins, you must go through with it. I'm afraid not, Kent. I, I've lost my nerve. The prestige of the museum is at stake. Well, you seem to have changed your attitude, Kent. Well, I, I disapproved of this plan at the beginning, but as long as you've gone this far, I think you should carry it out. Well, Kent is right. Well, I, I'm sorry, but, well, when I think of the others, what happened to them, and seeing them die... I just well, can't. boys, looks like the show's over. Let's yes. go. Uh, wait, Let's gentlemen, go. don't leave. Now, Mr. Hawkins, if I volunteer to look on the mummy's face first, will you follow me? Well, I... That's certainly fair enough, Hawkins. Very well. Have I your permission to open the mummy case, Mr. Rabbity? Yes, you have. You're very brave, Mr. Kent. Who's that? The Shadow. The Shadow? Boy, what are you on? This is going to be Shadow. Why are you here? I anticipated your performance, Mr. Kent. And I came to see that it was carried out properly. What do you mean by that? Before you proceed, I suggest that somebody throw the switch concealed in the carving on the wall. I don't know what you're talking about. You do know, Mr. Kent. I want your demonstrations to duplicate Hales, Stevenson's, and the others. The switch was thrown oh, then. This is absurd. I... Uh, here it is. I found the switch. Please turn it on, Mr. Rafferty. There you are. Gone. Good. Now you may continue your little performance, Mr. Kent. This whole thing is ridiculous. I refuse to be made a fool of. Are you trying to back out? I will not continue under these conditions. I thought you wouldn't. You know that to look on the mummy's face when the switch is on would mean death. That is not true. But it is. And no one should know better than you. Concealed within that mummy is a murderous ray. That ray is your own conception. That's a lie. There is no way. Then why don't you look on Cooper and Hep now? Because I... Then you I, shall be forced to do so. No, no. Rafferty, Hawkins, leave the mummy case. Come on, come on. I won't... I won't... Let go of it. Let go of it. Let the lid of the case. Let go. I won't look. I won't look. Now, all is Kent. Stare long into the eyes of Cooper and Hep. You see the evil light that glows within them. That's what the others saw. No, no. I didn't. I should have liked I killed them a dog. Don't make me look at it. Ah! He's dead. And it's true. There is a ray. Not any longer, gentlemen. I removed the machinery that generated that ray. All that you've just seen was carefully staged to trap Aldous Kent. He is dead. He died of fear. Fear of the thing which he himself created. You have all witnessed the end of the curse of Kufratet. A curse which fell justly on the true desecrator of the tomb. You have been listening to a dramatized version of one of the many copyrighted stories which appear in the Shadow magazine, now on sale at your local newsstand. Thanks for joining us at Radio Days. 
old-time radio shows from 1001 Stories Network, which brings you 1001 heroes, legends, histories, and mysteries, 1001classicshortstories.com, and 1001 Stories for the Road, in addition to Radio Days. If you enjoyed Radio Days, give us a review at iTunes or Stitcher. That helps us grow. Radio Days releases new one-hour shows every Wednesday and Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So stay tuned and don't miss us. We're great entertainment for the whole family and a walk down history lane in the days before mind-numbing TV came along. We'll be back in just a few days.